Hey everybody, it's Jerry, and I thought today might be a good day to review some of my favorite Halloween books. In no particular order, I want to talk to you about Ray Bradbury's The Halloween Tree, a really excellent book by Sheena Morgan called The Real Halloween Ritual and Magic for Kids and Adults, an excellent book by J.W. Oker called A Season with the Witch, subtitled the Magic and Mayhem of Halloween in Salem, Massachusetts. And I know a lot of people are very disappointed because it's 2020. It is the last Saturday Halloween with a full moon in our lifetime. I think I computed it out 139 years and then just gave up and stopped. There will be other Halloweens. I think the next Halloween on a full moon is 19 years. But... Uh, combination Saturday I, I checked Saturday and I think I checked Sunday too and it just doesn't happen for a long long time so we're we're looking at 2020 this disaster of a year with COVID-19 wildfires on the west coast so many rough things happening and a lot of us are feeling like there isn't going to be a Halloween and and then the last book I wanted to review is an excellent book that no Halloween fan should be without called October Dreams, A Celebration of Halloween, edited by Richard Chismar and Robert Morish. And I'll give publishers and ISBNs and stuff as I talk about each book. But this book, it's, a, it's just a wonderful anthology of Halloween memories and it, well I'll talk about it but it's just it's it's a must own I actually bought it for my Halloween loving niece when she's a little girl gotta get in touch with her and see if she still enjoys it so the first book I want to talk about is Ray Bradbury's A Halloween Tree now I found out about the Halloween Tree the animated version from the book October Dreams the book itself I read the back to you on Halloween night, eight trick-or-treaters gather at the haunted house by the edge of town, ready for adventure. But when something whisks their friend Pip away, only one man can help the boys find him. Join the sinister carapace clavicle mound shroud as he takes them on an unforgettable journey through space and time, deep into the mysteries of this spookiest of all night. Can the boys save Pip before it's too late? So that's not entirely accurate to what actually happens, but that's okay. It's definitely, sorry for the sounds of the pages flipping. It covers Mr. Mound Shroud taking these trick-or-treaters through four periods in which he's explaining the meaning behind Halloween and death. The significant problem with this is Mr. Bradbury didn't include any girls. He does have one character, which I loved because I did this as a kid. Character's name is Henry Hank, and Henry Hank dresses as a witch. And I love that because what's Halloween for if not dressing up as whatever you find interesting or powerful or spooky or scary. My earliest memory of a Halloween costume is dressing as a witch. I think it was four or five. The witch was on TV. I loved witches. I still love witches. Uh, some of my best friends are witches. So I, I did appreciate that, but no girls. So that was a hard one. And he gets the history of Samhain incorrect. Uh, he mistaken, and this was a mistaken ma mistake made by a couple anthropologists, and I'm sure this was his source material, called Samhain a god, a god of death. And Samhain is not a god. Samhain literally just means summer's end. See, in the Celtic world, and in 
several different cultures today, the end of something was literally the beginning of the next thing. So to the Celts, the day began at sunset. The old day died and the new day was born in darkness. It was the same thing with, they only really recognized summer and winter. Samhain means summer's end. The night of what we call October 31st now, which I suspect was actually the Scorpio cross-quarter day, but you're going to get into astrology to figure that out, which was closer to November 7th, because don't forget, calendars have shifted. We used to be on a Julian calendar, and the first month was actually two months later than how we are now. So that's why the 8th October, November, the 8th and 9th month, respectively, are now the 10th and 11th month. December is now our 12th month. So calendars switch. Just know we measure time differently than we did when All Hallows' Eve was conceived, when Samhain was being celebrated. Certainly their calendars were completely different because they were Celtic tree calendars. So it's a completely different world. The Halloween tree animated version, which I'll also discuss elsewhere in our movie chat, because I'll be talking about Halloween movies somewhere along the line. Leonard Nimoy does the voice of Mr. Mound Shroud. There's all sorts of little subtleties, skulls in the clouds, and just wonderful animation, and he cleans up those two big mistakes. Eight boys in this book are transformed into three boys and a girl, and then Pep. So there's Pep, there's Jenny, the girl, Wally, Ralphie, and Tom. And... Bradbury fleshes them out, unfortunately creates some dynamics that are a little sexist and a little dated, but that's okay because those things actually did happen. I don't have problems with stories that include those things when they're set in the past because we didn't know any better back then. So, but Jenny's tough and she's awesome and she more than holds her own in the animated version, which was, I should have said at the beginning, which was screenplay adapted by Mr. Bradbury himself. Ray Bradbury, The Halloween Tree, there are many different versions out there. I think the second book I mentioned, a book by Sheena Morgan called The Real Halloween Ritual and Magic for Kids and Adults. And I'll give you the ISBN at the end. It's a Baron's book. And here's the back cover of that. Ghoulies and ghosties and long-legged beasties, this is what most people think Halloween is about. And while monsters and being frightened are all part of it, most forget the rich traditions that lie behind this special spooky day. The real Halloween describes all the popular Halloween legends and then puts them in the ancient context from which they came. Packed with practical projects, rituals, games, and recipes, this book shows you how to bring the spirit of Halloween into your life. It starts out with the Celtic origins of Halloween, it touches very briefly on the various monsters. It's oriented toward Halloween in Britain more than it is Halloween in the United States, although it certainly touches on that. But it, it does a, a lovely job on including werewolves and witches and vampires, the traditional staple stuff. It does not, and I thought this very interesting, it does not really address the slasher films that came in in the 70s and kind of co-opted Halloween. So it does not include Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, Friday the 13th, and those kind of slasher films that have in our culture have become synonymous with Halloween. This is a slim volume, by no means little. It retailed for 15 bucks. ISBN 0764122223. If you don't know what an international standard book number is, 
It's the code on the back. It's sort of like the social security number for a book. And you can identify that that edition of a book. I have no idea if this has any other ones. But again, the author is Sheena, S-H-E-E-N-A, Morgan, just like it sounds. It's called The Real Halloween. And it's just so well laid out. And it has crafts and recipes and something very interesting. You know how everyone says, oh, the original jack-o'-lanterns were turnips. And you think, how the heck did that work? Well, what's interesting is turnip was actually the word for rutabaga. So that makes a little more sense because you can carve a rutabaga. It's a little bit bigger. So you find out these little tidbits. So there's that. Then we come to A Season with the Witch. So concise, so well-researched. Here's the back. A single event in its 400 years of history, the Salem Witch Trials of 1692, forever changed the city's character and reputation in America. Salem has never left the shadow of these days, but instead thrives as a haven of the bazaar and a modern outpost for the weird. Despite its year-round eldritch spirit, Salem is a seasonal town, and its season happens to be Halloween. Every October, this small city of 40,000 swells to close to half a million as witches, goblins, ghouls, and ghosts and their admirers descend on Essex Street. For the fall of 2015, occult enthusiast J.W. Oker moved his family of four to downtown Salem to experience firsthand a season with the witch, visiting all of its historic sites and macabre attractions. In between, he interviews its leaders and citizens, its entrepreneurs and visitors, its street performers and Wiccans, its psychics and critics. From these exchanges, he creates a picture of this unique place and the people who revel in or merely weather its witchiness. Experience the thrills and chills of Halloween through the eyes of a curious and adventurous outsider in the city that is defying this day for generations. Great. So a slightly bigger, these books are actually getting bigger and bigger too, as I, you know, sort of like reading the first few Harry Potter books, as far as sizes getting larger. Um, so I bought these, I bought this book originally in 2017 or 18. I'd have to look it up, but somewhere around there. And then I went to Salem, read the book, went to Salem. And this guy spot on with the ambivalence in the city about you know, on one hand, tourism is great. And on the other hand, it interrupts their lives. By interviewing the actual people who live there, he takes you there. It's just a brilliant analysis breakdown. He, he takes a sidestep into Hawthorne, Nathaniel Hawthorne, and his involvements. His introduction's charming. So let me just read the first opening in his introduction, Salem for a Spell. Salem, Massachusetts is the strangest city in the United States, and that's a country full of strange cities. Las Vegas comes to mind. So does Los Angeles. North Pole, Alaska is a good example. But the strangeness of these cities makes sense. We can easily trace the reason they are odd and understand why they jut out from the map. We can see how a city that has successfully capitalized on a vice would use every form of spectacle to lure more vice-prone visitors to its desert wonderland, or how a city, the primary industry of which involves actors in costumes amassing colossal riches and fame by pretending for a mass media, would develop into a place skewed from the norm. And we can understand how a small, isolated city with few resources except snow and a high latitude would settle on Christmas as a marketing angle. But the strangeness of Salem makes no sense. Sure, 1692 is the reason, but it's not a good reason. And so what he does is he traces Salem from its origins. And what's interesting is the people who were tried as witches mostly came 
from Salem Village, which is now the town of Danvers, Massachusetts. Salem Town is Salem, and that's where they were jailed and tried. So it actually involved two different little enclaves. And just the fascinating power struggles and how it takes the history from Salem the witchcraft trials, and then talks briefly about Salem's immense maritime history. Salem, at one point in this country, was the richest city per capita. Boats that could rest on their own bottoms would pull into the harbor because they had a tidal harbor. They would unload, the boats could rest. Then they invented faster boats, the clippers, the things that could never rest. And those faster ships needed deeper harbors and started going into New York City and moved that maritime supremacy from Salem to other places, but Manhattan mostly, etc. So then Salem had to reinvent itself as a manufacturing town. And then in the 70s, a woman named Lori Cabot sort of started the modern Wiccan involvement in Salem, sort of the way people reclaim places that have been negative to them. She moved in and really started to be a Mecca. She wasn't the only one, but she really was a mover and shaker as far as that was. And then how the city has really embraced the witch image and Halloween, and now they basically celebrate Halloween all month long. It's sort of a PG-13 rated Halloween, nothing too gory, but they really have it down to a science. Go to Salem if you folks ever have the chance, because it is... At Halloween, not this year. It's going to be a pale imitation of itself. But once we get over the COVID issues, it's just, it's a phenomenal experience. So he touches on that whole thing. He lived there for a month, as I said. And that ISBN is 9781581573398. October Dreams, a celebration of Halloween with classic novellas, never-before-published stories, essays on the history, literature, and films of Halloween, and favorite real-life memories of October 31st, all from the world's most original practitioners of fear. This is a list of the authors Dean Kuntz, Peter Straub, Poppy Bright, Rick Hatala, Steve Rasnick-Tem, Elizabeth Engstrom, Thomas Ligotti, Gary Bronbeck, Thomas Mataloni, Hugh Cave, Simon Clark, Christopher Golden, Ray Bradbury, Jack Ketchum, Alan Clark, Gayan Wilson, Paula Gurin, John Shirley, and a host of others. Phenomenal collection. Uh, interspersed throughout are my favorite Halloween memory. And so people talk about their real-life Halloween memories. And then fiction and nonfiction. You have everything from a Dean Kuntz demon story to a review of Halloween movies, a review of Halloween books. It is a book that any fan of Halloween should have. Uh, Halloween history. It talks about Halloween history. It's 648 pages, and I've reread this thing at least 10 times. I only skip one story that is clearly an anti-abortion screed disguised as a Halloween story, and it had no place in this book. Not a lot of illustrations in this one. It's text. That's all you're going to be paying attention to in this. From the sublime to the ridiculous. Gary Braunbeck's First of All, It Was October, an overview of Halloween films everyone should have. He introduced me to Halloween Tree and the Disney Something Wicked This Way Comes, which I had not seen before. I was aware of it, but I hadn't seen it. 
in having seen, having followed his list to see things, I have to say I agreed almost 100%. Uh, it's worth the price of the book alone just to have that, that review so you can go on to movies. So I guess I know what my next podcast topic is going to be. So that's it. Those are four what I would consider seminal books. I hope you liked it. For us, Halloween is every day of the year, and I hope you enjoy this body of work. And I look forward to continuing the All Hallows podcast throughout the coming year. But enjoy your 31 days of Halloween, everyone, and stay spooky. Spooky.